Hello again, this is Noah and John, and we are from Urban Digs. We're talking Manhattan, and we are at Fox Residential here today, Johnny. We are. We have uh, a veteran Fox. who needs no introduction, Barbara Fox. Barbara Thank Fox. You. Everyone Barbara in the Fox. industry knows Barbara Fox. It's true. And today they're going to get the insights in Barbara Fox's mind. Yes, it's going to be a good conversation, so yes. uh, let's jump in. We should title it. this Inside Bar Barbara's Mind. Yes. <laughs> Getting in Barbara's head. That's scary. Go. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to extract some good stuff. I That's hope you right. got some good stories for us. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so the people listening to this podcast are mostly real estate agents, and they want to know what's going on in the market. Right. And you have a really unique view. You're, you're a veteran in this market. You've seen it all. you got a number of deals under your belt, total production, but you're also the owner of this firm. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So Fox Residential has 40-plus agents. Right. And you also transact. So right. you're in this unique position. I sort of sit on both sides. Okay. Right. This is great. So um, the first thing I want to ask you is what do you see going on in the market right now, market-wide? And then we can go into kind of like on a firm-wide basis versus your own business. Right. So what's going on out there? It's very. It's a very interesting market. Um, up until about a month ago, I would say that it's probably one of the slowest markets I've ever seen. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of them. Um, but. All of a sudden, the market activity has really picked up for the first time in maybe a year. Right. Mm -hmm. And showings that we weren't having on our exclusives before are now very prevalent. We're mm -hmm. showing a lot of stuff a lot of times. And right. that's really different than what we saw um, in December. Yeah. yeah. Now, in and it's really very heartening, actually. Yeah, uh, we could use it. Yeah. It's been a long, it's, it's been a, it's a, been long, a long cold uh, a long season. Cold winter. Right. Yeah. But these, these deals that you're talking about, these are these new listings or are these older listings that are now starting to see the activity? It's older listings seeing the activity. New price? Um, for the most part. Yeah, okay. And when there's a price reduction, mm -hmm. we always see a real serious jump in activity. Okay, and so that's the key. For sellers yeah. that are out there that have been four months on the market, at $2 million, refusing to lower their price because right. they think once the buyers see my price cut, they're going to think weakness and they're going to start knowing. Right. And now all of a sudden you do a price cut and something changes and buyers come in. And so what do sellers need to know right here about those price cuts? Don't be afraid of them. <laughs> yeah, you, you, number one, you can't be afraid of a price cut. If you haven't sold your apartment, mm -hmm. then it's not priced correctly. Right. Because anything that is priced correctly, there's a market for it, and the market will find it when the price is right. Right. And that's, I mean, the, my hardest job right now is convincing sellers to be realistic. Right. Well, it's, it sounds so simple. Just price it at the market, and the market will do its job. Yeah. But I think a lot of people have that reluctance to price it at the market because they, they, they feel like, well, I'm going to come down a little bit on negotiation, so I might as well try to price that in. Right. But sometimes you go a little bit above where the market is, and at that point in this market, the interest seems to sort of dissipate. Yes. Yes. So I'm curious, when you cut the price, are you seeing some of the same buyers come back for a second look, or is this a fresh round of buyers? Both. Both. A fresh round plus the people who have already seen things are coming back for another look. Right. Um, it, it's a it's an odd it's an odd combination of things going on. It should be the best market we've ever seen because the economy is yep. pretty good right now. Yeah. And the interest rates are very low and all of the parameters seem to be in favor of a good market. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah, we talk about this and, and we, we think um, it's a policy driven reset and you had all these policy changes. You had the salt deductions, you had the rent right. regulations, you had the mansion tax, um, can't hide under LLCs, Pieta Tear tax thoughts of coming, strong US dollar policy. I mean we're just bang 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 bang, you know, hammering off these policy changes that are affecting the market. Yeah. You're right. It's weird, right? We should be really strong right now. Um, let me ask you this. Do you see any difference between new development and resale? 
I, I think that there has um, been a tendency for a lot of the resale buyers to head in the direction of the new developments. It's number one, hmm. it's it's a slam dunk. You walk in there and it's done right. for the most part. Um, and um, a lot of apartments that are in these beautiful old pre-war buildings, and I'm really sort of an Upper East Side specialist, even mm -hmm. though we do everything in our firm. Um, I, I, my own special niche is the Upper East Side and Upper West Side, mm -hmm. and um, these these pre-war buildings where these glorious apartments are coming on the market that haven't been touched in 60 years yeah. are a tough sell unless they're priced correctly. And right. that's where it moves. I mean, it moves when it's priced correctly. Right. Do you find buyers don't want to bid up for, they, they don't want estate sale um, condition properties. They don't want to do a million well, dollar renovation. Yeah. There, well, there, there's a whole group of, of uh, people out there that don't want to do it. And in a way, I don't blame them. but. In another way, it's the only way to get exactly what you want yeah. because there's always you always make exceptions to things that uh, for things that are already there and mm -hmm. are okay but not perfect. And I think that when you renovate, and I say this in a personal way because we got renovated an apartment, I have exactly what I want, everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, as someone who's done a gut renovation myself, I know that yeah. it's it's incredibly time consuming. I did it in a co-op, so it's yep. there's another layer of red tape, and so. Yeah. There's a certain allure to a new development punch list walkthrough where you go through and say, all right, I'll take this color of granite, I'll take this make of dishwasher, right. and you, you, yeah. everything's just sort of ready for you yeah. versus a 50% down co-op, you, you've got to close before you can begin anything, and then it's another year to two years before you're finished. Exactly. Yeah, and exactly. I, I got a theory on renovations. I, I, I think I think a lot of men, in particular, are afraid of renovations, especially big renovations. And and you can tell me whether or not I'm a crazy here, <laughs> right? You can see this is going to go off the off the path a little okay. bit, okay. Um, because. You gotta pick the color of the backsplash. You gotta pick the color. What kind of wood are you getting? What kind of paint are you gonna get? Every hinge, every fixture, every faucet, every fixture, every light bulb. And and let me tell you, every guy sitting there and be like, oh yeah, the idea of of having everything I want that sounds awesome. And then they go to sleep and then they have a dream. And that dream is like a fight with their wife over every single element that's gonna happen. And I came up with a I came up with a solution to this problem. Right? Let your wife do it. The answer is let your wife do it, and you get to change two things. And if you have a nice, reasonable wife, you get to change three things. And if you have a very non-reasonable wife, you get to change one thing. So there's really a little bit of something for everybody in there. Right? Sounds like a perfect plan. It's a win-win. What, what could go wrong? Could Nothing could go wrong. All right, let's get back to that. The right. interesting thing is yeah. that when, when I walked into my apartment that I current that we currently live in um, and showed it to my husband for the first time, he said, oh, you know, the beauty of this is that it doesn't need any work. Yeah. And I said, right, right, no work. Yeah. Not much work, at least. Yeah, exactly. Wait till you move in. <laughs> and then, um, you know, a, a week after we closed, we started a gut, gutting the interior yeah, you, and exterior. Everyone walls, wants to make it their own. I, I always tell my buyers when I'm out there, just look at the bones. Look at the stuff you can't change because ultimately you're going to make this property your own. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, if you see a perfect location with a perfect view with a good configuration and a good size, but you hate the kitchen right. or you hate the configuration because that wall's up over there, right. try to look past well, it. So, I have a question for you. Yes. How, how long do you think in this market a renovation will last? So, if you come in and you put your finishing touches on it and it's it's not crazy avocado or some funky color but it's, it's a neutral <laughs> yeah. stainless steel I mean it's, you can't go wrong yeah. how long does that last before it's sort of the value of it has dissipated well I think once you live in an apartment for 10 years it probably is going to need renovation for most people mm -hmm. um, or at least partial renovation yeah um, 
I've always thought that it's a good thing when you renovate to ch to redo the wiring because I think wiring is a yeah it's a huge uh, thing, yeah you know. and the old pre-war pre co-ops yeah. and um, I think wiring needs to be done every ten to fifteen years or at least updated every ten to fifteen years and I mean kitchens can at my particular kitchen. I think, thought it needed updating after mm -hmm. the first five years, but it really doesn't for other people. Yeah. It depends on That's the That's a great question. I just want to say one thing to that question really quick. Don't forget that. You know what's interesting about that question? Some renovations will probably be timeless. Yeah. And other renovations will probably show its 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 um, fad just kind of passed like in seven years or eight right. years. Well, yeah, the, the question of timelessness, it's different for the seller than it is for the buyer. Right. So I'm curious, how, exactly do you, right. how do you have that conversation with the seller who's like, you know what, this is, everyone loves this sort of, you know, French Rococo style that I've done, right. and it's yeah, it's beautiful, but it's 35 years old and it's completely out of style. How yeah. do you have the conversation to say, you know what, someone's going to want to gut this place? It, it, it's funny. I, I have exactly that situation now, and these are old customers. I sold it to them over 30 years ago, and they, at the time that they bought the apartment, they did nothing because it had just been redone, and it was very pretty, and it still is pretty, but it's 30 years old. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and um, they keep saying to me, but the kitchen is perfect. I mean, all the appliances work, you know, everything's in good shape, and nobody's going to want to redo that. They might want to put in new bathrooms yeah. or something, but in, the, but in truth, all of the Plumbing is going to need to be redone when they when they start replacing the kit the thirty yeah. year old kitchen and all the baths are going to need to be redone and the plumbing uh, lines into the bath, all the electrical is going to need they need central air conditioning today. I mean everything and that's is how, different. That's today. how those dollars yeah. go way and, way up. Right yeah, there. I mean yeah. how long does it take? It, um, permits. It, between yeah. getting board approval if mm -hmm. it's a co-op mm -hmm. and getting the permits from the city and mm -hmm. getting the plans approved and all of that, I would say that in itself a minimum of two or three months. Minimum. Minimum. If it's going fast. It, yeah. If it's going quickly. Yeah. Um, and then once the work starts, most co-op buildings in particular give you maybe three or four months of, of work time, mm -hmm. of, of noisy work time, yeah. and then all of a sudden they start charging you on a daily basis for... Um, right. And these are things you don't realize. As a, and, as these a are and these are things people don't know. Yeah. So this is great. Yeah, yeah. I love like it. no one knows an expediter can cost you two to three thousand yeah. dollars just to simply file the plans. So you can get actually. Yeah. Yeah. And think I, of rem the I remember needing a mechanical engineer yeah. in the middle of doing our plans. I needed a mechanical engineer to come in. Another layer of cost. I mean, right. but you you have to get comfortable with what it's going to cost yeah. you, and you can't box it into one price yeah. or one time frame. Right. Plus the opportunity really, cost of, of living in another place while this exactly. apartment is you know, very, yeah. very interesting. So I understand why people want to buy in, 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 new, in yeah. new developments and it's all well and good, but new developments also have their issues mm -hmm. and, um, and they're also more expensive. Yeah, for the have, most part. Have you found, um, have you been negotiating on behalf of buyers for new developments recently? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, the interesting, I, and I'm just, I went to see a new development yesterday, and they, the, the person in the sales office said to me, we are, every time an apartment sells, we now, instead of raising the price, mm -hmm. we're lowering the price mm -hmm. for the next, uh, you know, we, we lower the price to what that one sold for. And so they're definitely They're marking it to market. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much off they're negotiating in that particular um, situation, but I know that um, 
where it was very difficult to negotiate sale prices in the past, in the past two years, it's now becoming easier. And, and, that, and that negotiation, like what is it, if, if you had to paint the picture for agents that don't do a lot of new development business, but right. are trying, they have a buyer that wants to buy new development and like, oh, God, I wish I did 30 of these and I have some experience to pass on. Yeah. Like, what would you tell that, are they negotiating on price and concession? And yeah, if so, right. like where is that? Price, concession, closing costs, everything is getting filtered into the mix here. And okay. I think closing costs were always a negotiable item right. on, in these developments. And now now we're negotiating price, closing costs, um, and just about anything else that's up for right. grabs. I, I, yeah. I, I still think that this is one of the better times to, to make a play for new development. I think it's a yeah. great time to buy, period, mm -hmm. and yeah. that is really yeah. the key. And the only thing, I mean, with, with my buyers, mm -hmm. they are definitely coming in 20% under what the asking price is because any straight time, across the board straight doesn't matter the, if it's priced right even yeah. if it's priced correctly <laughs> now I have to prove to them yeah. the, that the pricing is good but they in their heads they all think that markets down 20% 25% I'm gonna bid 20 right if a, if a buyer came to you and said where's the best value in the in, in Manhattan yeah. or Brooklyn today what what would you what sort yeah. of areas would you suggest um just pure value pre-war co-ops pre-war co-ops yeah. in the Upper East and Upper West Upper West there's mm -hmm. nothing there there's the, nothing the, good there. there. Well, I mean, like there's there's barely any inventory. There's a lot of inventory on Central Park West. On right Central Park West, yeah. okay. Versus the Upper East Side, the Upper East Side has has a multiple of what the Upper West Side has, though, right? Well, it's bigger to begin with. Right. I yeah. think it's bigger, um, but um, yeah, there's 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 plenty of product both ways, both mm -hmm. sides, yeah, both the sides of the park. The luxury sector has it got hit more than the than the lower end markets. I mean, the the but one the million. But it's all trickled down. But do you feel like it's Do you feel like the reason that the Upper West Side and Upper East Side co-ops, pre-war co-ops, are such a value now is because the buyers tastes and preferences have shifted to other neighborhoods and more amenity rich buildings well, in general? They, the whole downtown sector has mm -hmm. opened up to younger people and yeah. younger people who are, are the ones that are buying the family apartments now. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, so th that whole bar, that whole market, the, the downtown market's still pretty strong. The prices yeah. are pretty good, um, but what's happened here is that the, the 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 kids that grew up on the Upper East and Upper West Side don't want to live there anymore. Yeah. They want to go downtown, so they yeah. want to bring their kids up down yeah. there, and they'll they'll drag their kids up to school here or whatever. But right. it's it's just the whole the whole thing. And the other thing is that co-op boards. Are a real problem now, mm -hmm. and um, the scrutiny that buyers have to go through in order to please a co-op board and be acceptable—it's it, really, I think, egregious. I mean, I was kind of yeah. hoping that over over decades. I mean, we've been in this market now. I've been following New York for for twenty plus years. Yeah. I was hoping that now as we get into a new decade, that that a younger generation is going to start occupying those co-op boards mm -hmm. from 25 years ago, you know? And the policies might get a little more liberal, a little more loose, a little mm -hmm. more... A little if, more there's, if there's one policy they could change, what would it be? <sighs> Just to attract more buyers. Or um, expand the buyer pool, I should say. Is it a down payment issue mainly, or is I it I think a that, number one, um, the bulk of, I know the Upper East and Upper West yeah. Side, co-ops require 50% in cash. That's egregious. Yeah, yeah. in mean, your Madison Avenue, Fifth Avenue. Yeah. Yeah. Especially They're, now, a lot of this compensation is in equity. Yeah, yes. yeah. I, I represent, or the purchase price and liquid assets. Yeah, yeah. You know. the, 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 the liquid assets needed to buy the total combination of income and liquid assets. Mm -hmm. And they're looking for and, a certain buyer. And, the, and yeah. the scrutiny that goes through. And what's happened is that co-op boards who turn down buyers mm -hmm. 
are single-handedly driving down the prices in their buildings. So even though they're trying to hold up the prices, they're they, in actuality hurting the price. When they, I had a situation recently where I had a board turned down. I, I don't usually have board turned downs because I know. Um, but I had a board turned down for somebody. I have absolutely mm-hmm. no idea why it happened. Mm-hmm. And the um, buyer um, was paying a certain price. Right. The next buyer we had that we did ultimately sell it to paid 20%. Wow. Right. Well, you, you're increasing days on market, yep. and then someone also sees, well, when wow. the contract yep. came out of contract, the seller's probably desperate. So yep. let me let me. It's hey, right for a lowball, basically. Yeah, yeah, that was not in the best interest yeah. of the shareholder. It's um, not. If the, the whole concept of the board approval process it is supposed to be in the best interest of, of the tenant shareholders, yeah. but when it, but in essence, what's happening is they're driving away buyers. Yeah. In mm-hmm. in the probably the most interesting market in the city. I mean, they That's got a, a choice. Point. They got a choice. Yeah. They could change it. It's it's up to them. You know, they have really they have policies that they mm-hmm. can change. This is you know, some buildings do it, and and they're and, okay. And the you interesting know. thing is that the younger crowd that's coming on the boards now mm-hmm. are just as bad. Yeah, well, I mean, I would think that they would want everyone's value of the apartment to go up higher. But if it, and if the apartment's more marketable to a larger pool of buyers that right. can now get in, technically your price should right. be more valuable. Exactly. But it's one of these things where short term short term gains affect long term outcomes. So the short term yeah. gain of preventing a low price actually enables a long-term and this happened in 2009 yeah in 2009 when the credit crisis happened i had i had a sell side turned down also and it was it was completely price had nothing to do with anything but the price they did not like the price i had to get a different price luckily i got a higher price and my seller was, was we got bailed yeah. out yeah. really, yeah. Yeah. Um, not in your case. But anyway, listen, we're running out of time. Okay. Yeah. Be- no, before, gonna... yeah, before we get sorry, okay. before we get to the end, I just want to. Uh, you, you're a veteran. What's one <laughs> thing? You. What's one thing that you wish someone had told you on day one that you do now that's just great? I you, I wish you'd been you wish you'd been doing like this a new from, agent. Yeah, like what what's something you wish you'd been doing from the first day you started? You know the bu- the business is so different now than when I started. Right. Um. I mean, when I started, we were canvassing buildings and doormen to get listings. It was great. Fax machines. Um, yeah. yeah. Um. Before fax machines. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, what would I say? Um. I don't know. He's I, I, you I on really the spot have to. Think, I am putting yeah, you on the spot. You are putting yeah. me on the spot. I, I would have to think about that because there's so many different things that I would have liked to have known. Yeah. Um, I think the main thing is that if a broke, if a person wants to come into the market as a broker, mm-hmm. as an agent, they need to dive in, and they cannot sit here and wait for things to drop in their lap. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah. And the only way that brokers are successful in this career is they have to go out and find their th- find their customers, find their sellers, find their buyers, and um, and they have to work their contacts. Yeah. And I think people really don't understand the concept of that. Yeah, yeah. I think when you when you compare teams like you know the Ryan Serhant team and to like a, a regular agent that's trying to grow their business, you know, the Serhant team's got. God knows how many people on it now, but any team, right? God knows how many people, and it's like a machine. It's like a yeah. greased machine, and yeah. everyone is working every hour of the yeah. day, and there's accountability for everyone. Everyone has a job to do. Whereas a lot of new agents are sitting there saying, "Well, what the hell am I supposed to be doing now?" Well, even yeah. that. So, but it, I think it's important yeah. to know to be completely well-rounded in this business. See, I don't necessarily agree with that team theory mm-hmm. because the. Um, I think in order to be a really good broker, you Mm -hmm. need to know everything. You need to know every aspect of putting together a board package. You need to know the the stock of what's out there to show you the clients, the product. You need to know the the comps. You need to know everything in order to be a really good broker. Then you can go into your teams and specialize. I I totally agree with that. Yeah, Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. 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 So listen, so we're getting towards the end here. Um, If you had to give some final thoughts, I mean, and before I get into that, actually, you're looking at this, this, this office of 40. 
Um, I asked about your personal, but when you look at the office of 40 right. and you look at um, January versus December, November, right. how are we doing better? Are we doing worse? Just oh, real yeah. quick. Oh, macro. De- definitely. Okay, so better. you're seeing... Actually, we had a better 2019 than we had 2018. That's great. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, I look at things sort of on a year-to-year basis. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big financial person. I should be, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, we're doing, yeah, this year's great. This yeah, year's actually, good. Yeah, this year's good so far. Okay, so that's far. good. I just want to get that high but level. But it's only February. I know, it's right. too early to tell. Yeah. But this is the active season, and usually, yeah. you know, this February, you know, leads to this, March. I, <laughs> I, have, I think that this spring season is going to be our season this year. I hope so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're facing a lot of headwinds, though. We have some macroeconomic headwinds. We've got yeah. the virus in China. That's yeah. yeah. Luckily, not here yet. The election. I mean, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of stuff. A lot of reason for but, buyers but, to pause. But we've been down and out yeah. for so long, and maybe buyers are saying, you know what, Manhattan's on sale. It's been on sale, and, and I'm going to take a play at yeah. it. I think you that's know. what I think. Number one, sellers are getting it, and they're reducing their prices. And number two, buyers are saying, you know what, I don't. I'm not going to know when the bottom of the market is here. The bottom of the market's going to come, and I could miss it. I'm yeah. ending it right there. I don't want to hear anything else. But I'm not going <laughs> to top that. This is Noah and John. We are from Urban Digs. We're talking Manhattan. We got Barbara Fox here. Thank you so much. We'll catch you you next time.